1: We are so glad that you're joining us today for Jesus, the healer. And I tell you what, I'm thrilled with the word. I know you're thrilled with the word. It takes our life and sets it right on course. And I tell you what, it gives us the best life. Amen. Amen. We've been teaching on the mind and we're going to keep going that direction. Our golden text has been in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And the Amplified says about that sound mind, describing it, that it's a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind. It is a disciplined mind. It's a self-controlled mind. And so notice this is the kind of mind God authored for us. Let's not take any other kind. Amen, not a worried mind, not a fearful mind, not a panicked mind, but a sound mind. It's part of our inheritance in Christ. Now, we have to know, how does a sound mind behave? How does a sound mind respond? Amen. We've been going over to Philippians chapter 4 and I'm so thrilled with this passage because this is this is a key passage that God used for me when I was faced with a certain test. Um And this was my exit out, this verse. You know, it only takes one verse, one verse, (laughs) one verse that you get in you um, to to really be your exit out of some things. So Philippians chapter four, verse 11, and I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic translation. A church had given to Paul, they had sent him an offering and he's responding back to them. And he says, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content. And then he says what content is, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. The most amazing thing about this when he wrote this, he was sitting in prison (laughs) writing that he had learned how to be content, not content to be in that place, but content while he was in that place. And what did it mean to be content, undisturbed? He was not disquieted. And so that's what belongs to us. No matter what circumstance you may be facing, no matter what need you may be facing, God authorizes for us to face that undisturbed to where we're not troubled by anything that opposes us. Why? Because we have a a better place to draw from than the circumstances that we see. Amen. Amen. On the previous episode, we were talking about and started touching into this this truth, and that is that one important aspect of your faith life is connected to your attention. Um, What you allow your attention to go on makes all the difference in what you're gonna believe that so many times it's tempting to people to be so occupied with their need that they have forgotten that God has already told them, I have a supply for that. Amen. Amen. So whatever we are occupied with is going to get the movement in our life. So it might as well be the Word. (laughs) I said it might as well be the Word. Why? Because your faith goes where your attention goes. If your attention's on God's Word, that's where your faith will be and that's what you'll believe. But if your attention is on the need, you will get more and more uh, troubled and really can be end up being harassed mentally by your need. Amen. Amen. What you put your attention on is what is drawn up into your life. <clears throat> um, everyone at some time has used a vacuum cleaner, right? <laughs> And that vacuum cleaner, whatever it goes over, that's what it's going to draw up, even if it's not supposed to draw it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it's a Lego. <laughs> you know, one of your kids left a Lego. And you can tell when that thing got sucked up because it makes such a noise. When you have, when you have with your attention, gone over a worry, your, your attention is that vacuum. Whatever you run that attention over is what's going to be drawn up good or bad. Your attention will just draw that up into, into your thought life and in just the way you respond to things. And just like if you go over a Lego with that vacuum cleaner and all the racket that will make when it's going through that cycle, that's why people have such troubled thought lives. It's making a lot of racket. They've got, they put their attention over something that they were not supposed to draw up into their thought life. Just because the devil circumstances offer you thoughts doesn't mean you have to take them. That's right. I mean, if you're vacuuming the floor and you see something that would break your vacuum, you better not run over it with the vacuum. You go the other way, you go around it. It's the same thing. Something will break your faith. Something will cause your faith not to operate right. Don't run your attention over that. Amen. Amen. It matters what you do with your attention. And God has something to say about it. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. We invite you, get your Bibles, follow along with us. Write these things down. Because we're believing that as we minister to you, that you hear answers for your life. And we want, and and I expect that even God will say things to you that didn't come out of my mouth that you can just be sitting in the atmosphere of the word and hear from God an answer for your own life. Mm -hmm. Write that down, take note of that. So we're going to look at Proverbs chapter four and verse 20. It says, my son, attend to my words. Now look right there, attend. To attend to something, you have to put your attention on it. He's saying this, to attend is to put your attention on. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, we could really quote it this way and still be correct. My son, put your attention on my words. Why? Because what you put your attention on is what you're going to give place to in your life. So God has something to say to us about our attention. He says, put it on my words. Why? Because that's the only place that's going to arrive you at peace. You put your attention on something other than the word and it can take you in a place you don't want to go. So my son, attend to my words. Listen, it goes on in verse, uh, well, let's go on and read the rest of that verse. It says, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them, what? God's words not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, God's words, in the midst of thine heart for they, what? God's words are life unto those that find them. Look at this, and health to all their flesh. The Hebrew actually says the word medicine also, that it's it's health to our flesh, it's medicine to our flesh. So the word is telling us that God has a prescription for you. For your flesh. And it's, he prescribes the medicine of his word. Amen. 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 So the word is the medicine that he prescribes. And if your doctor, uh, if you're on medication that a doctor gave you, that doesn't mean you have to come off his medicine to take God's medicine. Just add in God's medicine. Make sure you're adding in God's medicine and there'll be a time you may not even need that other medicine because God's medicine, if you give it its proper attention and give it its proper place, it will take such a place of health in you and bring you to such a place of health. Amen. Amen. Now, verse 22, I, I wanna look at it again. For they, God's words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, there are people. Who will confess God's word is health and medicine to all my flesh. You have to qualify that. It says in verse 22, it's life and health to those that find them. You have to go back to verse 20. That is before verse 22 that says, my son, attend to my words. You can't just say his word is is health and medicine to me. His word is health and medicine to me. His word is health and medicine to me and not attend to his words. Confessing verse 22 does not dismiss us from doing verse 20. (laughs) When does his word become life and medicine and health to all our flesh? When we're attending to it, when we have our attention on it, when we're feeding on it, when we're occupied with it, when we're taking his medicine as his prescription. But to just confess, well, his word is medicine and it's health to all my flesh and not treat his word or give his word proper place, people are going to get duped. Because it says, verse 20, this is for those who are attending to His Word. You understand that? We can't can't just grab a verse out of its setting and think that it's going to work if we're not doing what's instructed around that verse. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Word cannot be health and medicine to those people who are not attending to it. If their attention is not on the Word, that Word cannot be health and medicine to them. It's to those who are tending to it, those who are finding it. Amen. That means that they're interested enough in the Word to get it in them (laughs) and to to abide in that Word and that Word abide in them. Amen. Amen. Now, God knows that our faith is affected by what our attention is on. That's why he said, attend to my words. Put your attention on my words. The word attend means to pay attention to. This is a definition of it. The word attend means pay attention to, to heed, or to listen to. If we're going to listen to thoughts of worry instead of listening to His Word, then we're not giving attention to the Word. We're giving attention to worry. And we cannot think that we're going to arrive at health for all of our flesh attending to the wrong thing. Amen. People think many times that they need more faith when they really just need to get their attention on the right thing.
0: Yeah, that's good. People
1: think it's a big faith issue. Well, Uh, your attention is connected to your faith. If you will pay attention to what you're allowing yourself to think on, what are you putting before your eyes? What are you keeping in front of you? Amen. 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 When wrong thoughts, opposition, difficulties, mental pressure comes, financial pressure comes, uh, and they're trying to get our attention, God gives us a better place to look. He gives us the place to look where our answer and our help is, and that's His Word. Amen. Amen. God knows the devil wants our attention. So He already told us what to do with our attention. Attend to my words. He knows that where your attention goes is what's going to get movement in your life. Amen. Evidently, other words want our attention. That's why he said, attend to my words. Why? Because there's other words out there. Yeah, the enemy has words. Circumstances will talk to you. Feelings will talk to you. Emotions will talk to you. All of these things. There's many voices in the world is what the, is what the word tells us. There's many voices in the world. But just because they're heard doesn't mean that you are to give them your attention. So he said, attend to to my words, so decide that every other every other voice speaking is not going to be listened to unless it's in agreement with the word you're already listening to. Yes. Amen. 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 Um, so other things want our attention. Circumstances will talk to you. I want to tell you another thing: you have to you have to take note of the reasonings of your mind want your attention to where you calculate and you reason against things. Well, we've got to get out of that mental arena. We've got to be in the faith arena. We have to get the word in our spirits and we have realized that faith is not in our minds. Faith is of the spirit. We can't believe God with our mind. There's no faith in your mind. That's why the enemy seeks to draw you into that mental arena because he's trying to get you away from the faith that resides in your heart, that resides in your spirit. But God has already given us his word and he already tells us the outcome of our situations and we have to hold our attention there so we're not troubled by the other words offered us. Mm -hmm. If we're troubled by other thoughts, it's because they have our attention. Amen. Amen. Listen, as we hold our attention on God's words, we're held steady. We're anchored so that we don't drift into wrong thinking. So we don't drift into wrong believing, but we stay in the flow of faith and peace no matter what the opposition may be. And we can get on the other side of that test, but we have to have our attention on the right thing. If all you think about All you discuss at the dinner table is your problem. You will hold that thing big in your life. You're feeding it through your attention. If it doesn't get your attention, it'll starve to death and leave. (laughs) It's going to go where it can get fed, right? You know, a stray animal comes up and, you know, growing up, you'd have, everybody's animals ran loose, you know, and and they weren't all fenced in so much like they are today, but they'd run loose and mother would say, don't feed that dog. If you'll quit feeding him, he'll go back to his home. (laughs) Amen. So many times we're feeding wrong thoughts because we're giving it our attention and it's, and it, it's just, we're feeding on it in our thought life and it's taking advantage of us. Amen. 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 Now, How many of you know Jesus is our example in all of victory, all the flows of victory? Jesus faced opposition. Jesus faced all kinds of feelings. He heard all kinds of words, yet none of them disturbed him. They didn't disturb his faith. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Wouldn't you say that we're safe in doing what Jesus did? Yeah. Listen, if you think you're opposed, Jesus was opposed more than all of us put together. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, it says this, looking unto Jesus. Well, what's that mean? Look at how he did things. Look at how the steps he took. How did he respond when he was in settings that are maybe similar to what you're facing? Looking unto Jesus, look at this. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Now it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Looking unto Jesus, well, how did he, how did he approach the cross? How did he approach that that portion of his race. Well, look at how he did it. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What does that mean for the joy that was set before him? The cross was not the joy. Right. He endured the cross. That wasn't the joy. What was the joy? The joy was, was what was on the other side of the cross. Why is he going on the cross? Because it's going to purchase something. There is something that's going to happen on the other side of that. And he says, look at how Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of your faith, look how he did it. Because his faith finished. His faith was not just authored. It was finished. How did he come to the finish? He did not focus on the the opposition in front of him. He didn't focus on the test in front of him. He didn't focus on what he was going to suffer. He looked clear past it as though it was invisible and looked on the other side of the cross to see what he would be coming into once he he passed that test. So what is he telling us? Don't look at your need. Look on what's on the other side of that need. What do we know that's on the other side? Promotion, increase, greater anointing, more revelation, advancement, spiritual growth, spiritual development. This is what is on the other side of that test. That's why tests come, to try to block your progress. This is why opposition comes, to try to get you off course. Amen. So now we know what to do. Don't look at the opposition. Quit getting fixed on what's opposing you. Mm -hmm. The more you talk about it, the bigger it grows, Mm -hmm. whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing. Uh, Dad Hagen, who was our spiritual father, used to say this to us. The more you talk about the lack of money, the more it keeps it from coming in. The more you talk about the pain in your body, the the more evident it will grow. What we feed is what grows. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That's why God was so specific. Attend to my words. Why? So that the words can gain dominance. His word can gain dominance in the face of our need. Amen. Amen. So Jesus' attention was not on what he was facing. He's telling us, look at Jesus, looking unto Jesus. This is how he did it. How are you going to get past what you're facing? Quit looking at it. Just know that there's something on the other side. What was on the other side for Jesus? Well, we know this, him being raised from the dead. Every principality, power, might, and dominion completely defeated Amen. Amen. Every single one of them raised far above, His blood put on the mercy seat, sprinkled on the mercy seat. Him being raised and seated back at his rightful place at the right hand of the Father. But not only that, bringing many sons to glory. He focused on what would, what would be the fruit of the price he paid by, by overcoming in the face of that test, in the face of that opposition. Listen, there is a reward on the other side of being a doer of the Word. You can't be a doer of the Word and not come into more not come into not come into greater not come into increase anytime you're a doer of the word you come into greater glory amen hallelujah so his attention was not on the difficulties he had difficulties there were things that opposed him every single day of his earthly ministry but he just kept his attention on the right thing amen, amen. We're not to allow the test to block our view of what's on the other side. Amen. What this test is, is nothing but a smoke screen trying to hide from your view what God has, has for you on the other side of that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's go back and let's see really a, a, a clear picture of this when we see David and Goliath, yeah. right? When Goliath was taunting God's people, the armies of God, he was threatening them of their freedom and every soldier hid from him. Why? They were afraid. Why were they afraid? They were focused on the big boy. (laughs) They were measuring themselves next to Goliath and said, I can't whip him. So they hid in fear. They hid from him because their attention was on how big he was and how small they were. The longer they listened to him, the more they feared and the longer they hid. Military men are not trained to hide. They're trained to fight. (laughs) They were not fighting. They were hiding. So David's dad sent David said, go down to the war. Check on your brothers. They're in that battle. Take them food. Check on them. See how they're doing. Bring word back to me. At the time David comes out, he hears the exact same threats that the military men had been hearing all these days. They had been hiding for days and days and days from Goliath. No one would fight him. And so David heard the same thing they heard, but... He heard it without his attention on Goliath. He heard it with his attention on God. There's the difference. He heard the exact same thing they heard. He saw the exact same big boy they saw. But he, t- he had his attention on something different. They had their attention on them, their ability to whip him, and they knew in themselves they could not. But, they, but David has had his attention on God and he knew this boy is no match. Right for the God of my covenant. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what did David do in the face of Goliath who threatened him? You know what he started doing to hold his attention on God? He started rehearsing past victories. He started rehearsing his experience with God. Faith is experience. I said, faith is experience. Faith is when you have been doing the word in the face of opposition and you held to the word and you saw the word come through and be that conquering word in your life. And that's what David did. He went to King Saul and King Saul said, I can't send out a boy to fight him. And David comes in, he says, I fought a bear. Yeah. I fought a lion. Yeah. You know what he said? He said, I went and grabbed the whiskers, the beard of the bear, and took the lion out of the bear's mouth. I mean, yeah, took the sheep out of the bear's mouth. It, meaning this, he didn't fight him at a distance. We're talking hand-to-hand combat here. <laughs> he didn't think, well, just a sheep. Let him go. It's just a car payment. Let it go. It's just a car. It's just a mortgage. It's just, it's just my tithe. Let it go. It's No, don't let anything be lost. David was not willing to let anything be lost, no matter how big the challenger was. Notice something else. David said that when a bear came and took a sheep, he says, I grabbed him by the beard, took him out of the, out of the bear's mouth, and I slew the bear. Said, Lion did the same thing. I slew a lion. What he didn't say is, he didn't say, Daddy, would you come fight this? Yeah. No, he didn't call for his pastor. He didn't call for a fellow Christian. He's yeah. fighting it himself. Yeah. This is how you gain confidence in God and in the Word. Yeah. You take on the battles yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And you start applying the Word that's in you. And yeah. you, listen, there's nothing wrong with having someone to agree with you, but there comes a time you cannot pass your battles off to everybody else. Right. You have to learn how to fight with the Word, how to stand your ground. Amen. Amen. Fighting that good fight of faith. Not fighting the devil, but fighting that your victory is not going to be stolen from you. Amen. 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 David decided, that sheep's not going to be stolen from me. Amen. And so this is how he faced Goliath. He started talking about the times past when he saw God work for him. What are you going to do in the face of difficulty? How about the times God's worked for you in the past? Start talking about that in the face of what your, your need is. Amen. Tell that need what you've seen God do for you. Amen. Tell that need about your miracles past. Yeah. Amen. Tell that need about the times you were healed. Tell that need about the money that came in at the last minute. Talk to that need. You have to tell that need what God says that need wants to talk to you, talk to it. (laughs) If it wants to threaten you, you answer it back with what God has already done for you in the past. It matters what you remember when you're faced with a test. It matters that you take out of your, out of your toolkit, out of your tool bag, the victories of the past and you start using those. Amen. Don't forget about those. And that's what David did when he faced Goliath. He says, I remember how they turned out. That bear and that lion are no more. Because God showed up. And he's letting him know, you're you're the same thing. Amen. Well, I tell you what, you don't want to miss our next upcoming episodes. We're gonna talk more about it. But until then, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you.
0: To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Ladies' Conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at defrayministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store.